most people don't realize most M&As fail because they never realize the intent, the intended value of the, of the acquisition. And it's because human beings don't work together. You can integrate financial structures, IT structures, operations, but when it comes to people and their turf wars, that becomes a big challenge. Ending Small Business Failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's your host, the Small Biz Chat Lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Have you subscribed to the Small Biz Chat Podcast? Well, it's time. Every Wednesday, we offer listeners bite-sized, actionable tips to start and grow a successful small business. In just 20 minutes or so a week, you can get a ton of insight and resources to propel your business forward. Be sure to subscribe to the Small Biz Chat Podcast today. Welcome back to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, your host. And I hope you're watching us on my Small Biz Lady Facebook page or our YouTube channel. If you know a topic that you would love for us to talk about, leave it in the comments and of course, subscribe and share. We want more people to have access to this great information to grow their business. Now it's time for me to introduce my next guest. We're talking about business turnarounds with my guest, Mr. Ted Santos. He is skilled at reinventing companies and over the past 25 years, he's reinvented himself several times. He has experience as a sales trainer, executive manager, entrepreneur, and executive coach, and he's currently chairman and CEO of Turnaround Investment Partners in New York City, which provides high-value consulting services to mid-sized and large companies. Mr. Santos coined the term disruptive leadership model which is designed to empower companies to innovate and penetrate untapped markets. He uses this proprietary methodology to work with CEOs who are committed to driving innovation at the enterprise level. For more information, head over to turnarounddip.com. Ted, welcome to the Small Biz Chef Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. All right, so you got to tell me your backstory because it sounds like you've had 10 jobs and you finally found the right one. So tell me, how did you get started as a turnaround specialist? Actually, I was doing it and didn't know I was doing it. I was hired at a company as a salesperson and I kept saying to the, the company was growing so fast, it was unsustainable. So in the sales meetings with the president, I kept saying, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? One day he said, hey, do you think you can run this company better than me? And I said, yes, and chuckled and said, I'll give you a shot. You have 30 days. And if you don't do it, I want to, I don't want to hear anything from you. And after two weeks, he said, the job is yours. So that, that wasn't turnaround in the way people think, but the company was going to crash and burn at the rate it was going. So it was really about stabilizing organizational structures. And then years later, I found myself in a company that was severely underperforming. Three years of dropping revenues. And that was your typical turnaround. The two companies had something in common was that the organizational structures could not support where they wanted the business to go. So that was really about driver revenues 
finding new services and that sort of thing. So that it, it started from me not knowing I was doing it, except I was doing it. Can you share some of the key strategies that you employ when you're actively, you know, trying to transform uh, an organization with a client? Sure. Well, if you want to turn around, you really, it's really about driving sales. I mean, everyone knows sales is the lifeblood of, of your company. I have a philosophy and it revolves around disruptive leadership. And the philosophy is if you're the CEO and you are not intentionally creating problems, you should be fired or retrained immediately. That's interesting. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about that? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> should be creating problems for your people to solve, which means that you are creating chaos in some ways and need to be able to navigate your people through that. So it's better probably to give an example. Steve Jobs is probably a great example of someone disrupted the organization. I mean, just imagine you make these big computers that cost, you know, $1,500, $2,000 or more. And he says, we're going to make a device that has a thousand songs on it. People are wondering, is he high? What, you know, did you smoke something good? Why are we doing this? Why are we competing in a business that has nothing to do with us? Except that disruption, that problem he created caused them to perhaps have to find new vendors. You had to use the same technology you already had and miniaturize it and do things that there was no, for which there was no blueprint. So when they created the iPod, they now had new skills and competencies that they could have never gotten without the problem he created. So is that your disruptive leadership model? Is that, was that what that is? Absolutely. And to create disruption, one of the things that you have to deal with is these presuppositions that you have about what can and cannot be done. So if he says, put a thousand songs on a device, people will tell you all the reasons why it can't be done, even though they haven't even tried it. So if you think about it, most disruptive technology comes from outside your industry. Technically, Sony, there's no reason Sony was not the company to create the iPod first, but they already knew what they did. They knew what they knew and they knew it well, and they just kept doing more, better, or different of the same thing. And you could say that's what our business model is really about. If you do more of this, you do it better, or you do it different. And it's someone outside your industry who has a perspective and doesn't have the limiting beliefs and blind spots you have that they'll make that quantum leap and create the breakthrough. So tell me about a company that you've actually worked with that you helped to sort of like reinvent themselves from this disruptive leadership model. So first, I would never talk to a company about reinventing. True innovation is about inventing, not reinvent. Reinventing is about having improvement. So breakthroughs, breakthroughs, you can say, are found in this domain of things you didn't know you didn't know. So I worked with a company that was started by the grandfather. It's a family-run business, started in 1930, and they make bread, they make food, consumable items. And they started off in retail, then son-in-law took over the business, and he put it in the commercial world, and now the grandsons are running the business. And they've always made their own products under their own brand. What they had never done was do something called co-packing or co-manufacturing, which means you are now making products under someone else's brand. And that grew the business so fast that it was incredible. So 
it didn't destroy what they were already doing, which was making their own brands. In some ways, it helped them with their own brands because it helped them look at other snacks and things they had never done, maybe they wanted to do. And now they knew that they could. What to, to Copac meant you needed new equipment, you had to retrain your people, you had, you had to alter your financial systems to look at margins. So that was a breakthrough and it was something they wanted to do and didn't know how to do it. That sounds great. It's almost like they freed up excess capacity to do other stuff, you know, by, by co-packing their main product. That, that sounds really good. So often I read that you believe that if, if the business doesn't have the right leader, really a turnaround really can't happen. So what, what are the key traits you think of a successful, you know, turnaround leader? So a turnaround leader, one of the things that they are responsible for is creating a high performing culture. And one is, is the first one we've already talked about, not being afraid to cause disruption. The second is you, a CEO is responsible for creating an environment that allows people to perform at a, at a high level, which includes people sometimes failing. So if you have failure as, hey, if we, we can't fail or you're fired, People are, won't push the envelope and they won't go beyond, they won't create the iPod. They'll just do more, better or different, which is probably what got you into trouble in the first place. So, I, and, I'm, and I'm trying to think of a company that sort of threw their hat over the wall and just w- did whatever it took to get it even. Oh, Chrysler is a perfect example with the minivan. They were in trouble. They were failing. And Lee Iacocca said, you know, we're not going to make a st- station wagon on steroids. We're going to make a mini, we're going to make a van that's mini and it's for families. And it was a huge risk and they took it and it worked and it, it allowed them to dominate market share with minivans. No, I, I remember all of that. So what are your methods to turn around for performing employees? So oftentimes, and I know uh, your other guest was talking about stories. Oftentimes, people have stories in their head. So when I talked about how an industry can have presuppositions about what can't be done, a lot of times people have stories in their head about the boss or about the company. It's like, well, what we can't and can't do. And I, it, you didn't have to hire this big consulting firm. I knew that information, but I, it's like, I'm not going to tell you because you're not going to reward me. So People often make up things in their head about what they, what they think their limits are. And sometimes, almost all the time, a lot of their limits and their blind spots are the result of some past event in their life that has created a mental barrier and they can't break through it. That's really an, an important point. Can you share some of your challenges or, or obstacles that you've, you've discovered as you try to help a business, you know, sort of like transform itself? An obstacle. So I worked with a company that had a very aggressive acquisition strategy. The uh, CEO bought about eight companies in a very short time period, and now he needed them to integrate as one organization. And they were competing with one another instead of working with one another. So they were all selling almost to the same person in an organization, but they wouldn't share leads, they wouldn't talk to one another. And so people call post-integration strategy, but most, most people don't realize most M&As fail because they never realize the, intent, the intended value of the, of the acquisition. And it's because 
human beings don't work together. You can integrate financial structures, IT structures, operations, but when it comes to people and their turf wars, that becomes a big challenge. And and once again, like the last question, a lot of times people have stories about the other peoples and the other country companies and management. And sometimes you may take, in this case, this gentleman bought a company and the CEO was running a $6 million business, but now he was going to be the head of a $40 million division, which meant he needed a different mindset, new skills, competencies to be able to run this larger enterprise. Well, how do you balance sort of like the need for innovation and disruption with the importance of maintaining stability and continuity within an organization? Oh, you mean creating a problem and not destabilizing everyone so much that they fall apart like that kind of thing? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) So that, that that is the part of why so many breakthrough initiatives fail in organizations because they don't do that. People know what can't be done, as I, I was saying, and they often run out of time and they run out of budget because people spend so much time thinking about why this is so difficult, why are we doing this, and then their competitor does it and they have to play catch up. So one of the things that works, so in that business where I said they had uh, a lot of acquisitions, you find champions in the company. That's one way. And these people may not have a title as leader, but people look to them because they have some level of leadership skills and, and you create others. So I often ask people to do things that they've never done and don't know how to do. And they may spend some time trying to convince me that I'm overestimating them and they can't do it. But when you talk them through, I need you to accomplish this and they do it. They come back with an accomplishment they didn't think they could do, and they have a level of confidence that they would have never had in the past. So if you do that throughout your organization and have people work on things, they'll, they'll accomplish A, and then you can get them to, to B and C, and you can get them to a much higher level, but they didn't know they could get there before. I love it. I love it. I, I so completely agree with what you are saying. And when we come back on the Small Biz Chef podcast, we're going to be talking more with Ted Santos about turn around your business. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Are you ready to become a boss? Hi, I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady. Click the button below and take my free boss quiz. This assessment will help you learn your entrepreneur type and find the right business model for you. Get this information about the number one asset in your business. Yeah, that's you. Welcome back to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, your host. And we're talking with Ted Santos about reinventing a business, turning around a business and all that jazz. Ted, okay, so help me. How do these strategies that you talk about work within a sales organization? Like the skills with mindset and and shifting to penetrate an untapped market. That's the sales organization's job. And how how do you help them get there? So- Your sales team is really important in this because they are the ones who can ask your customers. They're the front line with the customers and they can learn to ask questions about possibilities that maybe the operations team doesn't uh, see. So whether it's services that you're giving away free that you can charge, or they may see a new service in existing clients, which opens up completely new markets. So what about 
an aspiring entrepreneur, like a new entrepreneur with a smaller company. Maybe they have one or two employees, maybe one salesperson. How can these people employ some of these same strategies that you talk about to reinvent or reinvigorate their business so that the competition doesn't come and swallow them up? So never be afraid to ask your people to do something they don't know how to do. That's part of coaching. So as a CEO, you want to always be thinking about coaching your people up so you can make yourself obsolete. So whatever you do today as a CEO, it's best if you're not doing the same exact thing a year from now. So strategic delegation, asking your people to do things they don't know how to do, builds up their confidence and allows them to support you in ways that you can't imagine. I love that. I love that so much. And then lastly, what is the best business advice that you've ever been given? I have a great network of CEOs that I know. And the former CEO of Dun & Bradstreet, one of, in many of the conversations we've had, he said, when you have your direct reports, you ideally want someone who can do 95% of their job without any input from you. It's that 5% that they come to you and they need support resources to get that done. If they if they are coming to you for more than 5%, you may have the wrong person in that position. I like that. I like that. That's very, very wise. Thank you so much, Ted, for all of your valuable advice. And stay with us. We're going to pull you back in a minute. But next, we're going to be talking with a small business expert who's going to teach us all how to boost our brand. You're watching the Small Biz Chef Podcast, and we will be right back. Ready to unleash your inner entrepreneur? The Small Biz Lady University One Day Virtual Startup Bootcamp is on January 16th, 2024, and it's the launch pad you've been waiting for. Join us for a day of inspiration, networking, and innovation. All of this for just $97. Register now at smallbizladyuniversity.com forward slash startup bootcamp. Your big break is calling. Thanks for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday for more fantastic information and interviews. You can find more sources and small business success strategies by visiting Melinda's website, succeedasyourownboss.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.